1: Thank mm-hmm. you.
2: Back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. That's when Patrick plays songs um, that are supposed to uh, give Harj and I hints and clues, breadcrumbs that lead us to the new theme of the day. And although I really like all the songs that have been played, they are I said, very, very good songs. I mean, talking about hits. This could, be new. this could be top of the charts Tuesday too, man. Uh, I have no idea what the new theme of the day is, Harch. Right, so I'm looking for okay. you to save me. I'm, try, I'm
1: trying to save you. Does <laughs> any of this have connections to West Virginia? No. Does Ooh, it have to be playing good. for playing for the championship? You still the one. You're number At one. One is correct.
0: Oh, but you are not thinking of the right reason. I am playing one because the first song was One Love. The second song wow. is One of These Nights. This is still the one.
1: Whoa! whoa. What?
0: What one in my life? Come on! We should have known he wanted to yeah, talk yeah. more about <laughs> Benyam.
1: We should have yeah, known he should've wanted know to bring up Women Benyam. How can we
2: not know that he wanted to talk again all day about Win Benyam and make the new theme all about the the Spurs being the luckiest team in the history of the NBA lottery? Dang it! I got
1: caught slipping.
2: Nah, that's we we both should have got that. That's my bad too. Yes, Spurs. In the lottery, six times as a franchise, and three of those six times they've ended up with the number one overall pick, and they've all been big men. Yep. All right, yep. David Robinson, Tim Duncan—they're getting Arnold. taller. The next Ta- one one <laughs> <laughs> pick we get, it's
0: <laughs> <Yeah, that's> coming <laughs> eight feet tall. <laughs> uh,
2: and if they continue on the trend, the other the previous two were hall of famers. So
1: yeah,
2: yeah. who and well, and one ended up being part at least the key cog in a dynastic run. So. Yeah, um, really hoping that the um, man that the Spurs don't kick off that dynastic run too early. Dang it! Yeah, because it's right now it looks real good. So there you go. That's the new theme of the day. Win Biyama, he is uh, the, the prize. One. Yeah, he's going to be <laughs> he'll be the prize for the, uh, the the Spurs winning that number one overall pick in the NBA lottery. Mm. Still don't know how the hell that happened.
1: Oh, yeah, I
0: don't, I don't. Know. How did that happen? You know what? I'm gonna tell you, other teams need to start lighting candles for for the draft picks. Because I, I think can tell you do. San Antonio has got to have the most candles lit.
2: I know they do,
0: I'm sure By other, far. other yeah. fan
2: bases are doing it too. But like I said, we we went over this. In Rod's Round the Day, the day before the NBA yeah. lottery, I went through all the numbers. You guys know I'm a numbers guy and analytics guy. I went through the actual numbers, and I said, all the numbers say, because I'm a black stredomist, I'm trying to predict. The future events, you look at past events. You want to predict future behavior and look at past behavior? And the, the the past events told us Spurs were going to win it. And I said, listen, I'm telling you, based on recent history, Spurs win these things when they're in the lottery. And I thought it was just a cute, anecdotal little oh It's, way, it's the first
0: thing you ever gave a staffer. You're like, man, I hope I'm wrong.
2: I <laughs> didn't, I should have said that. I never said that. And I now I've, I'm going to come to regret that for the next couple of decades, actually, probably, depending mm. on how long Wimbenyama plays. hope he plays for a long time, though, too, because I do want to – I mean, if he's going to be the next LeBron James, I've never been this close to the next LeBron James. He's going to be there. At least I can go down there and check yeah. him
0: out. I was, I was, saying, James. Yeah, I was uh, uh, listening to Brian Windhorse yesterday talking about uh, how Wimbenyama has apparently a strenuous foot exercise. Oh, try he trying to strengthen does, it. That he does foot stretches and foot and foot exercises mm-hmm. all the time to try and strengthen it because he knows that is a weak point for a lot of big mm-hmm. men. Like and it. so he's somebody that has worked ahead of it to try and stay as healthy as possible. Yeah, yeah
1: that's, that's one of the Only that's things good. that
2: can bring him that can kind of de- derail this thing is his injuries, and that's something he can't uh, yeah. he can't get can really. He can no, control. You, he's trying to control as much as he can. Yes, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Can't control it, but you're trying to control it as much as you can. All right, so that's the new theme of the day. I can't believe it took us that long, Harge. Come on, man. Yeah. we should have known that dude I mean, just we, we, I mean number to one, wall, wallow in was, their I'm,
1: victory some more I'm over here thinking about Bob Marley Fest I know? was too but uh,
2: <laughs> yeah so all the songs basically will reference or yeah. have something to do with number one or first or yeah, whatever one, yeah. which okay there you go so shout out to my man Patrick always keeping us on our toes alright uh, Hard Knock Life coming up next segment we're going to talk some hardball in that segment but we're going to talk some football here in this segment let's talk Cowboys first Hard since mm-hmm. you're a Cowboys fan yep. and and I thought this comment from their uh, – from Schottenheimer, Brian Schottenheimer, their new offensive coordinator, was pretty interesting because uh, th- th- he's not going to call the plays. We know that Mike McCarty is going to call the plays, but they did hire an what offensive
1: coordinator. Was that Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher?
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah I mean, Mike McCarty's calling the plays, but his new OC is talking to the media, and he claims uh, – and this has come uh, from DallasCowboys.com – um, uh, Brian Schottenheimer says they want to play fast. He said, quote, we want to play physical fast and make everyone cover the entire field. I want us to be able to play fast. Mm-hmm. Now, is he talking about fast, meaning they have a lot of speed on the field to separate and run away from defenders? Or is he talking about he wants to play fast as an offensive tempo, meaning he wants to be up-tempo uh, and you know, try to get a lot of plays in to put pressure on the defense. Are we talking about both? Which one is he talking about?
1: I, w- I would lean more towards. I want to play fast as far as tempo. So you think it's tempo? I think it's definitely tempo. I mean, you, you we they got enough speed out there. We thought they had speed before. They just weren't executing. it. I think it's more of the tempo type of uh, of play calling. But I don't. But again, it goes back to what we were talking about before. How can you play up speed if you're trying to run the ball? That's well, you can, you you can. I mean, you
2: can you just run the ball and go up tempo, but it does it defeats the purpose at times. Of giving
1: your defense rest, <laughs> yeah. like what are we, which <laughs> is what they said they want to do, remember? right? Right. They That's said they what want I'm to saying. So I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. So I, Schottenheimer, until the game start, man, don't talk. Let's just <laughs> stay with the people at the top. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's get our. But I know they had training camps, so there was access that was there. But I'm thinking mostly playing tempo. I think they're going to play more with an up tempo thought process. Which is okay. So
2: can I just throw this out there because I know you're not a Kellen Moore guy, so I'm not going to get you too riled up. Don't do it. Uh, but <laughs> Kellen Moore was playing with the best tempo in the league, arguably. Mm-hmm. If you look at uh, situational, if you look at top ten no huddle percentage each year. Uh, And in plays per game, the the Cowboys were right there. First, second, first, and sixth Mm -hmm. in plays per game. They were top 10, no huddle percentage each year. Uh, Situation neutral pace. Mm -hmm. They were second, first, first, and fourth. They played with a lot of tempo when Keller Moore was here. And I'm with you. They have stated several times that they want to control the ball, run the ball, and keep mm-hmm. their defense fresh and keep it off the field. They've hinted that, and yet we hear him saying they want to play fast. That's why I was asking: Is he talking about tempo? He's talking about them just wanting to be a you know a, a speed-oriented team offensively, guys like Tony Potter and C.D. Lamb. Um, I wasn't sure, but like you said, it, it doesn't sound like they're. I don't know. It doesn't sound like he and Mike McCarthy and Steven Jones are all on the same. Page
1: right, Sounds like all, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, are like y'all not having page. a meeting? <laughs> have y'all not discussed what we're gonna pr- give the audience every single time? This is what we're gonna talk about to the media, yeah, and this is why we're gonna talk about this because this is the expectations. The message should be the yes. same, the message ain't the same. It don't seem unified at all.
0: I mean, I could understand if you're saying, well, first and second down, we're gonna go a little bit slower, but then third down, if we if we got a third. And we know it's a passing down. We don't want to let them change up the players. So we'll basically run the same guys out there. And we know how to hurry up then so they can't switch out personnel. If we pound the ball twice on first and second down and then throw on third. Like, I I think there's situations where you'd want to be able to go quick. Yeah. Just to try and get them where they can't sub. But at the same point, that's also... That's not really what he's saying.
2: And yeah, it's not it's like that said, and we could just be reading way too much into it. So I'm I'll just bring it up the quotes. I thought, Oh, that's interesting because you hear Steven Jones on one oh five through the fan. This quote says, We actually you might say <clears throat> excuse me, held Kellen back on productivity just so we could stay out on the field longer at times. Mm-hmm. That's been, again, to help the defense out. It's why the running game can be so important because you get to stay out on the field longer. So he's saying, because I just gave you the stats about Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore like, loved up-tempo. He's like, man, let's hurry up as much as we can. Yep. And they were like, sometimes Kellen Moore, like, Kellen, calm down, man. We, wanna, we want the defense to we we be need fresh. The defa- yeah. We want us out. Yeah. Which that, it all, that all tracks. And then hearing Mike McCarthy say, I've been with Kellen Morris, Ben. Kellen wants a lot to lot the scoreboard, uh, but I want to run the damn ball so I can rest my defense. I think when you're a coordinator, you know you're in charge of the offense, but being a head coach and being a play caller, you're a little more in tune with everything. I don't desire to be the number one offense in the league. I want to be the number one team in the league with a number of wins and a championship. Yeah. And I think everybody's like, yes, I love that. Great. um, Great and, message. Great message because the yeah. Cowboys, if you look at – Take, take offense with non-offensive touchdowns removed. So take away non-offensive touchdowns. That's kickoff returns, punt returns, and defensive touchdowns, which Cowboys have a lot of those over the last uh, couple of years. Mm-hmm. In 2022, you take that away, Cowboys are third in scoring behind Philadelphia and Kansas City. Last two years, Cowboys have the highest scoring offense in the NFL ahead of Kansas City mm-hmm. and Philadelphia and the Bills and Cincinnati. Scoring a lot of points. I guess they want to win more games. I was
1: going to say, not getting a lot of wins. Well,
2: they're getting 12 wins, but they want to beat. They want to get past the divisional round. I was
1: going to say, they want Promised lands. And I
2: think, yeah, and I think the way they wanted to do that was to focus more on the defense and feature the defense. And I just thought it was interesting that Brian Schottenheimer was like, no, we want to play fast. I'm like, well, you've been playing fast. <laughs> I thought your, your boss yeah. Your is saying they want to slow it down. They want to get screwed and chopped. Yeah. And you saying I want to speed it up. So, anyway, just throwing it out yeah, there. Yeah, I
1: appreciate you bringing that up because I definitely was looking at it, talking about, okay, what do you mean playing fast? You had fast guys on the squad. There wasn't anybody that wasn't really fast out there. You brought in Tony Pollard. You talked about C D Lamb. You had uh, other slot receivers. You had mm-hmm. – uh, what what what's my man's name? Uh, Turpin. Turpin. Oh yeah. You had him. Mm-hmm. You didn't use him the mm-hmm. most, the way that we thought you were going to. So what what do you mean by that? So it had to be tempo to me. Yeah,
2: uh, we'll we'll see when we when the Cowboys' offense is unveiled, if you will. We'll see uh, if tempo is still a big part of it, or if they just want to run the rock. Uh, okay, let's get to this uh, Rojo and Bijan news, and then we'll uh, get out and get ready for Hard Knock Life. So. Rojo, let's talk with Rojo, because I've been searching around for Rojo stories, and they're everywhere. Yep. Chicago Bears websites. You go look up a Chicago Bears football website, I guarantee there's a story about Rojo on there. They're talk, they talking a ton about him. And the front office can't stop talking about him either. Um, there's a lot of talk about Rojo in the front office, and it was the um, the GM. Uh, Ryan Poles, yep. I believe, is his mm-hmm. name. Um, he actually is also uh, speaking very you know, complimentary of Rojo. Remember, we played the story uh, from my man Richard Hightower, Lifetime Longhorn Richard Hightower, I should say, uh, a couple of days ago. Maybe that was last week. Well, he tells the story of Rojo in the meeting room, and uh, everybody leaves the meeting room. Guys leave their trash everywhere, Gatorade cups, water bottles, and Rojo stays behind and cleans up the trash, Coach Hightower comes back, and he's like, what you doing, man? He's like, I'm just cleaning up this stuff. It's trash. I don't know why everybody left their trash here, but it <laughs> bothered me. I don't like it. It bothered Things me. Things need to be done a certain way, and the right way is the way they need to be done. Uh, that's basically his mm-hmm, mindset, and we mm-hmm. played that. And it was great sound, great audio. So now we have uh, Ryan Poles, and he was with Cynthia Furland, of N- and they were NFL+. Plus. And this is what he claimed. He said he ran, or his, his his the front office ran, uh, they ran 53 simulations of the draft leading up to the actual NFL draft. And none of them had Roshan Johnson falling to them where he did. Um. Uh. He said he told, uh, he, the quote says he told Froland and I looked for the sound, I couldn't find the audio. How was he available at this point? I have no idea, Paul said. <laughs> he said, um... I I, quote, I absolutely love this player, and I love the person even more. You talk about contact, balance, strength, size. We're going to love this guy, especially when we get in December. He's a special guy who can enhance the culture in our locker room too. And there was a there's a an uh, a beat writer that's been following the cow, sorry the Cowboys the Bears for years, and he actually believes his sources are telling him that Roshan Johnson is going to crack the starting lineup, potentially. Hey. Uh, no, seriously. He I was, wouldn't be shocked by it. He was doing a Q&A. All right? He, this, first, this is his first quote. He said, in the end, I think Johnson will find his way into the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. The Bears have been effusive in their praise of him. It's also important to note that while they like Herbert, Poles and Eberflus didn't draft him. And he was asked uh, on, in a Q&A. Sorry, here's the question. He's like, hey, man, give me whatever question you want. I'll answer it about the Bears. And somebody asked him, you know, Roshan Johnson is you know our running back one. Um, and that was his response to it, that in the end he thinks Rojo will find his way into the starting lineup. And we, we uh, told the story, or at least we read the report last week, that they want to do running back by committee the Bears do, which is really good news for Rojo. Because that means he's definitely going to get a shot. Exactly. And all he's got to do is take advantage of his opportunity, and we know he's going to do that.
1: <laughs> right right and that's the thing about it too you, you know you brought up some very great points about how we think of him and how those coaches and the, the staff thinks of him but we've talked about that for years if he would have been at any other university if if let's put it like this if B John Robinson wouldn't have been the running back at the University of Texas, Roshan Johnson would have been the starting running back at the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. And we saw it throughout the country. He could have been a starting running back on pretty much any other team in the country if he would have been their bail cow. Yep. Because we see the talent, we've seen the way he's gone about his work ethic. He comes in, even if he's replacing a Bijan, he's running just as hard. And you gave the stats about the broken tackles. He's just as effective. So for me, I'm not shocked by them saying, "Oh man, he might be our starting running back," because we know what he brings to the table every single day.
2: And like I said, and it is true, they have the compliments have just been uh, this overwhelming um, uh, for for Bijan yeah how i remember reading the quotes from one of the scouts the i guess the lead scout for it'd be John Rojo i apologize um i think i said Bijan. the lead scout for rojo for for the bears and his name uh escapes me it was city or city um i'm sure i yep. mispronounced it but it was s y t y john at john city or city um and he's their southwest area scout and he said this young man Uh, who has some pretty special qualities just in terms of his leadership ability. He's someone we really feel can become a pillar in this organization for a really long time. I feel really strongly about this guy. I'm excited for you guys to meet him. There's a level of it factor to this kid. The second he walks into the room, all you guys are going to feel it. I'm a little bit emotional talking about this kid. We spent a lot of time with him. Coach Walker went down and visited with him at Texas. We worked him out at Pro Day. This kid has been through a lot of adversity, and there's a reason that we selected him today. I have a feeling this guy is going to be with us for a really long time. This human being is wired differently. Uh, The more time you spend around him, the more you realize you're the one that probably has the stuff that you need to work on. He's that kind of guy. Mm, mm,
0: Mm-mm-mm.
2: That's I mean that's from the lead scout. We seen it. Um, So they said they love them. Some Rojo um, says he he just emulates everything we want a Chicago Bear to be. I just can't say it enough. The it factor about this kid is special. We
1: have seen it. We've talked about it ourselves. (laughs) We've seen it it firsthand. We've seen the growth, the maturation, (laughs) the change, the position change, and how he took it head on. I mean, we've seen. We talked. What did what did Sark say? Man, if it wasn't for him, I don't know what would have happened. It would have went, it it went, went off the rails. Exactly. It would have went off the rails. With That's him. the leadership. Mm-hmm. That's no the question. conversation. And what does he say at every press conference? I owe those guys a debt of gratitude for what they were able to do in that moment for mm-hmm. the University of Texas by having everyone fall in the line and to believe in it. We played, uh, let's jump to the other great NFL
2: running back, uh, former Longhorn in that backfield, a lifetime Longhorn, I should say. He's a legendary lifetime Longhorn, and maybe Rojo will be one day, too. Uh, but Bijan was, uh, was doing an interview with ESPN, and we played the audio of Terry Fontenot, the uh, GM for the Falcons, talking about how they want to use Bijan and saying they're going to use him as an offensive weapon. All right, He said, we're not just thinking of him as a running back. We're thinking of him as an offensive weapon. And there's been videos that have surfaced of him lining up in the slot, uh, running routes downfield. Uh, Bijan, when asked about how they're going to use him, Arthur Smith, the uh, play caller and head coach of the Falcons, he said, quote, he uses me everywhere from receiver to running back. He lets me do my abilities and skill set the right way. And whether it's catching the ball, running routes, obviously running the football, blocking, and doing it all.
1: That's so, what it's all about, man. He's and and I. We, he, what have we talked about for him too? Yeah, it was a perfect landing spot for <laughs>
2: yeah. Bijan. It was uh, that you couldn't have landed in a better spot because uh, Arthur Smith believes in positionless football. He's one of those guys that's got a very versatile skill set, and they also run the ball more than any other team in the NFL. And he's going to be their bell cow running back, but not just a bell cow running back, a bell cow weapon.
1: And DraftKings Sportsbook has him as the <laughs> preseason. Uh, rookie of the year for those reasons. Mm-hmm. That's going to lead him to it because he's going to get more opportunities. Not only going to line up at running back, line up at wide receiver, line up in the slot, line up at off off back. I mean, he's going to be doing everything, and they're going to find ways to get him the ball. I said it from the beginning that if you are if you're going to take a chance on taking a running back that high in the draft you better use him and use him as much as you want to mm-hmm. because he's a different type of back. What do you call him? A, a he's, smart back. he's
2: a smart back, smart man. Back. That's they, right. They he do does it, it like all. a smartphone. <laughs> yeah. He can do
1: it all, man. Can, can do it all. Um, all right, so uh, Harsh Knock Life coming up next. What you got for the people? We're trying to get uh, Coach Carter on. Uh, he's finishing up batting practice. But if not, we called an audible. We got our man Cameron Parker who will be calling this game this epic high school baseball game nice. That uh, he's already got the prep for it, So he's going to take us behind the curtain And let us know what's going on
2: uh, Sounds good, talking some hardball With my man Hardball coming up for Harsh Knock Live Right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn
3: It's only a kick A jump A
1: block It's only a serve It's only a tackle A run It's only for the fans. After all,
3: it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure.
1: Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. Street, my he has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the Boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to the new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Hard, And the new theme is uh, number one, mm-hmm. Wimbenyama. My man Patrick Davis is still on cloud nine because his San Antonio Spurs get the number one pick. We don't know if it's going to be Yama. No, I'm just kidding. Everybody's talking about <laughs> Patrick's head almost snapped over there looking at me. But everybody's mm-hmm. excited down there in S.A. I heard the, the cars honking all the way in Austin because of that. Uh, it's your boy Hardball Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Hards. You can follow my man Rod Babers at Rod Babers. And, of course, you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And joining us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, you hear him on Light the Tower. They call him the Colonel around here. Colonel Cameron Parker uh, will be joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Cam, what's up, buddy? What's up, Cam?
3: Did I hear Patrick claim to be a, a Spurs and I, I thought Patrick was h town guy. What, what, Patrick, you picking and choosing here,
0: <laughs> Come on, now! I've been a Spurs fan my whole life. <laughs> there just doesn't happen to be a uh, okay. there does not happen to be a basketball, a a, uh, a football or baseball team
1: in San Antonio. There it is. Mm-hmm. What you say? What you say? Okay. Boom. There it is. So he's always been down with them, but. I like the way you try to call him out because he is, <laughs> he is a Texans fan for sure. He is definitely a – he's back Well, now.
2: originally I Love You Blue Oilers fan who had to become a Texans fan. That's really how it worked out.
1: Yeah, so it, it, it all plays yeah, yeah, itself yeah. out. But, Cam, you're from uh, Carolina. Who's your team? Are you a Carolina Panther fan?
3: No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, fortunately, I was raised the right way. Uh, by my family in Texas, so uh, I am a Cowboys fan. A I'm baby. a very apathetic Cowboys fan, uh, but most of my most of my teams outside of OKC all resonate in the Lone Star State.
1: Okay, we'll let you ride with that. <laughs> well, Cam, let's get into it, man. This is one of the. Uh... Most talked about matchups in the state of Texas. Two top ten teams going at it right here in Central Texas, and you have the pleasure of calling the game. You've been calling Round Rock uh, baseball all season long. You've been doing the play-by-play. You've been doing the commentating. You have been doing a great job. So you got to see this Round Rock team up close and personal all year. What are some of your biggest impressions from this team?
3: Well, Harge, as you know, Coach Carter pretty well. I mean, they are well. They're one of the most well-coached teams I've seen on the high school level. I mean, their their infield, their, their defense, the the way they run the bases, the way they can hit and run, and they can lay bunts down. It, it reminds me uh, of just a well-coached JUCO team or even a D one team. I mean, they're they're infield with David Bradley at second base, Hudson Ellis at shortstop, Tyler Teach at third, and Ren Angelworth at first base. I mean, that's probably one of the best infields defensively. In the state of Texas, and that's what lays lays the ground for them. And then anyone in their lineup can hit. I mean, just like Wesley, as we'll talk about, I'm sure, in a few moments, anyone on this team can hit. Hudson Ellis, the junior, he's a Dallas Baptist University commit. He's probably the team's best hitter, but he's not even leading the team in hits this postseason with Conor DiGiiswaldo. Uh, he's a right fielder junior. He has the most hits in the place. Postseason so far with seven, but everyone in their lineup has four, five, six, seven hits, and that's what has made this team so good. They, they aren't reliant on one guy. They're not a heliocentric baseball team. They have nine, 10, 11 guys who can come in, get a hit, and they have some horses out of the bullpen as well, along with Travis DeCora, who's going to be possibly a, a first or second round MLB draft pick. He's signed to Texas, the senior he sits in the upper 90s. He's at 100 this year. He's got a wicked slider. And then Tanner Jackson, who also comes out, he's a number two starter. He's a right-handed pitcher who's got a great fastball and a great curveball. So they're a great one-two punch. And, I mean, any any given night, those guys can go five, six innings. And when you get six innings out of a high school starter, usually that yields a win.
1: No doubt about it. We're talking to Cameron Parker. You can hear him every day from 10 to 12 right here on Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. And Cam, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you brought it up, Travis Sequoia, uh, the Texas commit. Obviously, there's going to be a bunch of Major League scouts that they've been traveling around all year watching him every time he pitches. Have you seen him ever get rattled? I mean, it's, it's one thing to be throwing 99 to 100 and mixing in that slider as well. But then there's some days you just don't have your best stuff. Have you seen him mature from day one to where he is right now?
3: It's funny you bring that up. There was a game earlier this season. It was a road contest. And let's just say the home plate umpire strike zone, I, I don't know what he was looking at, right? We, we all have one of those one of those days. And the core, who usually, you know, he'll, he'll strike a lot of guys out, doesn't typically walk a lot of batters. He was walking a few guys. And he – you could kind of tell it was starting to get to him, but he didn't let it get to him. And throughout the season, there's been times when he'll give up a hit and there might be a, an error in the base runner gets to second and third. And you're like, okay, this is what the scouts are looking for. Let's see how he racks. And he somehow always finds a way, even with a runner on third base with no outs, to get out of that half inning without any runs given up. So, to answer your question, Harge, he, he seems like a very well well matured type of kid. Uh, he, he's very humble. And, I mean you hear it from talking to the parents and coach Carter but you know hearing it is one thing and seeing it is the other and from what I've seen this year I think he's by far the real deal and it's a big reason why the last two playoff wins Socora uh, has delivered
1: yeah, I, I, I'm excited to watch him. I know a lot of my buddies I've been talking to that are scouts have been talking about this kid for the last couple years. I know he has some history with a lot of the uh, West Westwood – I mean, excuse me, the Westlake guys. They've seen him since they were little kids as well. You know what, Coach Carter is calling me right now, so we might have to get you off. But uh <laughs> But um yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> uh Ren uh, I've I've known Ren since he was a baby. I played high school baseball with his dad. Uh, We played against each other. He is a Round Rock legend over there. He's matured a lot playing first base. He's come up. I've even seen him beat out a ground ball to win the game in uh, San Antonio versus San Antonio Reagan. Um, Talk about what he brings over there at first base, because I know he can pick it over there, but he's also been pretty stable of keeping that infield in place.
3: Yeah, he's a great first baseman, defensively sound. He's a power hitter. But, and you know his dad, and his dad's pretty even kill, doesn't seem to get too riled up. But now I understand that, his, that he was like his son because his son, Ren, he is the most vocal guy in the field. He is, I think, the team leader. He's always in the ear of the pitcher, uh, of teammates, just kind of getting them hyped up and they make a mistake. He's the first one over to talk to him, and he's the first one to, to tell the opposing team, you know, if, if something bad happened, right? He's hilarious, he's fun to watch, but. He's definitely the most energetic kid on this Round Rock team. He brings it. I know his dad sometimes wishes he would uh, chill out some more. But, hey, every team needs that type of guy, right, Arch?
1: No doubt about it. Cam, as the man, I appreciate you. We're about to bump you off and get Coach Carter on. How about that, bro?
2: Cam? I I think he was upset about it. I
1: think Cam was very (laughs) upset. Are you bumping me for Coach? I'm bumping you for Coach. <laughs> coach Carter? Yes, sir. Hey, how you doing, buddy? I know you've been on the field. We just kicked Cam, is all, Cam off, and he's mad at me now. So he may not even oh, let I'm me sorry, call Kim. the game. <laughs>
4: He's got a better voice than me, so you might
1: want to keep him around. <laughs> uh, it's all good. We're talking to the head baseball coach of the Round Rock Dragons, Coach John Carter, the man who has been over there taking this team to newer levels and higher levels. Coach, we were just talking to Cam about your squad and how you've put this all together. And one thing I've known all my life about Round Rock baseball, they know how to compete and they know how to play in these types of games. I know you just got done with batting practice. How are you feeling? How? how's your squad looking and I'm sure you're ready to go
4: I'm drenched I'm hot sweaty and uh you no know, that's what it's about you throw 500 pitches in BP to get these guys ready to go out and compete at their best and to be where their feet are and that's what they're going to do they had a great round of BP they have had a great week of practice and uh they're ready to rock and roll so how do you how do you keep this got
1: this game in perspective I know Um, being around the game as long as I have and and watching this program flourish through all the years, going back to Coach Langerhans being the head coach, and now you taking over and leading this team that way. But when you sit here and you know what's at stake and you know who the team is, and a lot of these guys have played against each other and with each other during the summertime, so there's no no, uh, hiding or tricking anybody. It still comes down to playing the game. But how do you keep your guys on an even keel?
4: You know, we, we try to focus a lot on the mental game and understanding that you can control what you can control. Uh, don't live in the past. Don't look to the future. Be where your feet are. Play one pitch at a time, be in the moment, and and enjoy the moment. Sometimes we get so caught up in the, the noise, as I call it, that we don't uh, remember it's a game. They don't say work ball. They say play ball. So uh, we just gonna go out and play and be us and Compete
1: and see what happens. Yeah, Coach, I know that you have the uh, spring game that's going on right across the, the way at the football stadium, and then everybody's going to come over to the baseball game because everybody knows what's at stake. They know this is a big game. And not only that, you got Travis Sequoia on the mound that is uh, highly touted. A lot of scouts have been there and following you guys all around. And, you know, Westlake travels well also how are you going to be able to hold all these people, man? I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get into the stadium tonight.
4: You can sneak in by my parking spot and sneak in down there if you need to. to <laughs> uh, no, really, uh, you know, I can't control all that. Uh, I told the guys that. I said, there's going to be all kinds of distractions that are out there. Uh, we can't, you know, if those kind of things take us away from what we're doing. I said, today is Thursday. It's just like last Thursday, the previous one before that, and the one before that, and the one before that, and the one three months ago. Uh, it's a Thursday. Treat it that way. Don't make it more than it is. Stay in the moment. Be where your feet are. Understand that you can't control. You can control the weather. You can't control the umpire. You can control your attitude and your effort, and that's what we're going to do. Try and control our attitude and our effort, and go out and compete at the best of our abilities.
1: And what have you seen from Westlake? Obviously, you guys scrimmage each other a lot during the uh, preseason. You've seen each other the last few years. Both of you are, are pretty much led by your seniors. So it's it's uh, just go out there and play ball. But when you look at Westlake, what do you see?
4: I see a team that's very competitive, that's never out of a fight. Uh, they've won a lot of uh, close ball games, uh, especially here recently, some extra inning ball games. Uh, they're going to throw strikes. They're going to play good defense and they're going to put the ball in play. Uh, they're a quality club led by a, a, a highly talented, uh, large senior class with a lot of experience and that helps you. Uh, experience is, is a key. Uh, but I feel like, you know, it's, it's going to be a great matchup. If you look at the numbers on paper, pretty even and, um, it'll be a good ball game, great atmosphere. Yeah,
1: and I can't wait to get out there. First pitch tonight at 7.30. I would encourage anyone that is going to this baseball game, go there now because you're going to (laughs) need to try to get in there because I expected to be at capacity. I saw uh, a post today that they told everybody to bring their lawn chairs as well because they might be sitting outside the fence. Coach, I wish you nothing but the best of luck, and I'll I'll see you tonight. You probably won't see me because there's going to be so many people there but I definitely will be there.
4: Well, I can't thank you guys enough for for giving me the opportunity to come on here and and talk to you, and more importantly, giving our kids the due diligence and, and the credit they deserve because these kids work their tails off on a daily basis, and I appreciate the fact that you guys are giving some credit and some love. So thank you for all that you do for for high school baseball.
1: No problem, coach. And as Thanks, as coach. expected, man, you work hard and and that's the you reap the rewards mm-hmm. by working hard and you get a chance to play at these high level games. But I'll see you tonight Absolutely. and best of luck, my friend.
4: Yes, sir. Thank you. Good, Good luck, guys. coach.
1: You got it. That's Coach John Carter of the Round Rock Dragons. I mean, I played against Coach Carter. When we mm-hmm. were when we were growing up, he was he was playing here at Round Rock as well, so I've known him. He knows what it's all about. We've had Coach Langerhans on before. Talking about Coach Gus, but also talking about the times where he had me perplexed over there. Trying to, I was like, man, this dude—he <laughs> made me nervous every time. I'm like, this dude knows everything about me. So they—they they do their scout report. Dillage, huh? Oh yeah, he Sky had every scouting report. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for this series, and uh, you know, it's—it it just sucks that they're playing this early, and one of these teams are gonna end their season going up against a local local squad. So. It's going to be tough, but uh, I'm excited to watch some good baseball.
2: And you said you're heading out
1: there. I am heading out there tonight.
2: Okay, you're going you gonna to end up – you you have a seat already I saved? I have a seat. saving you a yeah.
1: seat out yeah. there, huh? Well, I'm going to go sit by Cameron. <laughs> I'm going to go sit by Cam. Cam got a table waiting up there. So uh, Are you calling? Are you... I'm going to hop on with Cam and oh, do a couple gonna innings. On. I'm going to do a couple innings with him.
2: Okay, nice. Do yeah. you know what innings you're
1: doing? I'm, as soon as I get there.
2: Okay, wow. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah, nice yeah. then. All right, yeah. Hey, That's a little news there. Yeah. All right, so make sure Cam uh, doesn't take it personal that he got bumped. Yeah. Like I think he does. He, he, he
1: may get me bumped tonight. Are <laughs> oh, you right? <laughs> now that
2: power dynamic shifts
1: <laughs> quick. You, you bumped him, <laughs> and now he has the power to bump you. No doubt. Yeah, All no right.
2: doubt. Oh, so looking forward to that coming up tonight. All right, uh, we come back. We'll get into off the record. Is uh, the city of Austin losing its cool? We'll get into that on the other side. Right here on Ball Don't Lie. 1049. I'm the horn. DD Mega doo I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell
0: out Deli Cat Essen.
4: Well, I don't get. get comb. Well,
3: congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live! And <laughs> things sucks!
2: All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. All right, gentlemen, let's talk about um, the beautiful city that we call home, Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas, baby. Baby. Happy birthday to VY. Happy birthday, We also have to discuss. We'll get into a VY conversation probably on the other side, too. we got to pay homage to the the great Vince Young and give him some love. Uh, But how about this? Um, The U.S. News and World Report, which uh, reports on the best places to live in America— Usually, Austin would be ranked really high. It's been the top 10, top 15 year after year, it would seem, on this list. They uh, reportedly are at number 40 on this year's list. Number 40. Yes. In the previous six years, Austin has been ranked between number 1 and 14, never dropping out of the top 14 in the last six years. The list consists of 150 cities. Uh, but this is the third straight year that uh, Austin has dropped on the list. I like
1: it. <laughs> I, actually, I like it. Actually, I love it. <laughs>
2: um, and I think I think affordability uh, has become the biggest
1: issue. It has been an issue um, for a lot of people. In terms
2: of the factors uh, as to why it is no longer at the top of that list is affordability, and we all agree. I mean, Austin used to be a it used to be a great town to have a cheap date. You can no longer have a a great cheap date in Austin. Mm -mm. You can, but you gotta know a lot of people and you gotta know somebody. And And
1: you gotta definitely have to go to a picnic, chicknic, like you you always talk
2: about. Yeah, you can't can't go to an actual restaurant anyway. But uh, yeah, so it's no longer uh, at the top of that list. But like you you are an Austinite who probably likes that. You don't want people. I don't want no more people here. here. No.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, I really am at the point where it's like we don't need more people here. We don't need people saying, oh, man, I love Austin. I'm moving here. No, we don't need you. No, (laughs) we don't need you. We've done enough. We've done enough. So I'm with you on that. I'm glad to hear that we're 40th because Um, at first, everybody, when it was first, everybody was coming here. Now, to your point, the affordability has changed. The numbers have gone through the roof. We've already seen what happened with the housing market. There's so much that has gone on to where it's like you're pricing people out. And it's like, nah, we're not going there. Yeah, it's hard to live in Austin within the Austin city limits. Exactly, yeah, it's hard to be able to
2: afford to
0: live in, within the Austin city limits. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny when you price out all of your culture, that right. suddenly your culture is worse. Yep, I don't, I don't get when you're like, you're like, hey, man, you know what? <laughs> All of the all of the great like little Mexican places you go to, we're gonna oh, price all them out. We're gonna price nice. all them out. So we're gonna be going, Hey, and you know, all the musicians that y'all really love and we're also live music capital world, we're gonna price them further and further away. We're gonna make clubs steal money from them. So we're just gonna do that so that they, they're not gonna be here anymore. We're just gonna keep doing this and pushing all of our fun parts away. And then wonder why people don't wanna move here. like well you pushed away the fun part and now it's just yeah, it's just people with money. Commercialized, like, yep. this see, is the yeah. deal. We need more bars with less lighting. <laughs> that is that's what Austin used to be. Now every bar I walk into in Austin <laughs> I can see people <laughs> and I hate it. <laughs> I love that. you
2: right about <laughs> no, I just said, like, my, my, my barometer is, and I, I'm a married man, so date night is still a thing. But yeah, the cheap date, I used to love Austin because it was a cheap date town.
1: Yeah. Great yeah.
2: cheap date town. You get all these little, because oh. a lot of it wasn't like the bars. like yeah. You just yep. go to a great yep. bar, get a couple of drinks, pretty cheap, and then you a, lot of, the great, by, and you a lot of great. to the walk down yeah, the street. A lot of great restaurants on the cheap. And like you said, yeah, a little hole in the wall, Tex-Mex spot that was on point, yeah. but now they can't afford. The property taxes, so they decided to close down. Yeah, I mean that—that that is a part of it. But now, to to Hardest point. The culture now is being it's still a great culture in Austin. It is a more commercial corporate Absolute, culture, though. Absolutely. Right? People think, like, the South by Southwest and ACL are the best parts of Austin culture. We're like, no, that's just the commercial yeah. part of Austin culture that you, that national uh, that it makes national headlines. Yep. But that's not the best part of Austin culture. But that has been replaced. So you can't have it both ways. People keep moving to Austin. That has made Austin one of the best cities to get a job in America um, in terms of the, the economics in this town, the commerce in this town. Tech boom It's a music town Movie town Food town Food It's got all that So it's great for the economics Great for the finances Terrible for traffic And terrible for affordability If you're actually trying to There's no such thing As a starter home anymore That's your damn house You're going to be in there till you die
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah We ain't moving Quit asking me If we're going to move No we ain't moving Well at least you're moving in Austin So yeah I get I mean
2: that's downsides to it And that's upsides to it I still think Austin is I'd rather live in Austin Than Houston or Dallas And I'm from Houston
0: Yeah Yeah I mean, Houston Dells have the exact same problems we have, except they've had them for a lot longer. We're just figuring out how to deal with them now.
2: The big city problems. Yeah, yeah. The met the big metropolitan city issues. Yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt. Um. All right, so uh, there you go. Uh, that's Austin. Nice complaining about people moving to their town. First world problems here in Austin. We do. Just have. Just stop well, turning up the lights at bars.
0: <laughs> Come on, man. I want a cheap. I want a, a cheap beer, a cheap <laughs> shot of whiskey, and, and some darkness. To drink in, in silence with. And y'all keep moving in and putting the bright lights over my bars. Yeah. It's terrible.
2: Uh, yeah. Someone says here, Texas, stop calling Austin the live music capital of the world living in the past. Is it? Is that is that now not a thing as much? It has never
0: been a thing. It, it's always been a, a slogan given really? by the government to try and steal money from musicians. Wow. It has always been the government. And look, the government's trying to do stuff now because they have more money now, so they're trying to give back little points but it's still, it's still a little late for a lot of it, and wow. it's highly politicized the music scene is now.
2: There you go. Is that somebody in the know? There you go. There uh, all right, uh, we'll come back. We'll get into, we'll pay homage to VY. VY celebrating a birthday day. We'll give all, all of our kind of VY takes here on the show. Then we'll do NBA playoff review, talking about him, A, Jimmy <laughs> uh, as well, and we'll also uh, talk about a lifetime longhorn who's climbing the ranks of the uh, coaching ladders in the NBA. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful number. horn.